0: Welcome to the All People's Church Podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. All right, so I want you to stand with me. I want you to stand with me in the few minutes that we have left and I want you to turn in your Bibles, Right, turn in your Bibles, if you're going to go on your phone or your iPads, make sure you don't go on Facebook or Instagram or any of that stuff, right? So have a little bit of discipline for a few minutes and turn off your notifications and all the rest of it. But here in Ephesians chapter 4, I want to take you to Ephesians chapter 4, and then I want to take you to Luke chapter 4. Sorry, Ephesians chapter 2, and then Luke chapter 4. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And Ephesians 2 and 4, Paul says this, But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, in other words, sin and iniquity and failure, he made us alive together with Christ. And then it says, by grace you have been saved. Now watch this in in verse six, and has raised us up together, together with who? Together with Christ and made us sit. Everybody say sit. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice notice what God does. He, number one, he makes us alive. Number two, he raises us up. Number three, he causes us to sit together with Christ in heavenly places. And where is Christ? Christ is at the right hand of the Father. So in your standing, right? Not in your state. Your state is here. But in your standing, by faith, you are in Christ at the right hand of the Father. That's why Paul is able to say that we are seated far above principalities and powers. Now, I want to show you something in Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1, I know a lot of people know this story. The Bible says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. What happened at the Jordan? He was baptized. He heard the voice of his father, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Right? Listen to him, follow him. Then the Bible says the Spirit leads him. Another translation says literally the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward then, when they had ended, he was was hungry. So who's in the wilderness? Just the devil and Jesus. That's the only two that are there. In verse 3 it says, Then the devil said to him, he starts communicating, If you are the Son of God, command this stone... become bread but Jesus answered him saying it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word of God or every word that proceeds and is proceeding from the mouth of God then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time so think about that all the kingdoms the Roman Empire, the Byzantine Empire, the Greek Empire, empires that are still to come, the Russian Empire, the British Empire, the American Empire, right? He shows them all all of the, of the uh, authorities and the kingdoms that would come. He shows it to them in a minute of time. Now, now notice what he says. And the devil said to him, all authority... Now watch this. He was actually telling the truth here. The liar was telling the truth. All authority is is, is I will give to you and their glory... Watch this. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Who gave it to him? Adam gave it to him. He says, therefore, if you will worship me, all will be yours. If you just worship me, because this is what he's after. Remember, I will rise, I will ascend. This is what, this is what he wants. He wants to be worshipped. He wants to be worshipped by Jesus. Think about it. If he's worshipped by Jesus... Now, this is Jesus basically saying, you are God. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. And then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if, if you are the son of God, if you are who you say you are. Now, Jesus hasn't even said anything yet. If you are, the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written. Now watch what the devil does. For it is written. He's quoting Psalm 91. So he's like, you're going you're gonna to say to me what is written? Let me throw. How many understand the devil knows the Bible? He says, for it is written he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Truth, prophetic truth spoken about Christ. The devil's saying this is what's written about you. So If you're him, this is what will happen if you throw yourself. Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your incredible word, your incredible truth. And we pray that every mind, every eye, every heart would be open to receive today. Because, Lord, you said, we shall know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. We shall know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. And all God's people said, amen. High five a few people around you before you're seated. Bless God. Bless God. Bless God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to make a very bold statement. I want to make a very bold statement before we start here today. Listen to me very carefully. This message, if you will catch the message, if you will catch the truth of this message, the sermon today will change your life. I'm going to say that again. If you will catch the truth not because i'm preaching it if you will catch the truth and the revelation of what is being taught today it will change your life let me give you let me give you some background i know what you're thinking oh uh, pastor's going to talk to us today about how to overcome temptation yes but that's not that's not what it is about there is so much more that i want to show you from the word of god today remember that we were talking about authority and we were talking about Power as it relates to spiritual warfare. And and my friends, we need authority and we need power to overcome the devil. Jesus was anointed of the Holy Spirit. And even what we saw yesterday, how does that happen yesterday? Because the power and the authority of God that the Lord has given to people, members of the body of Christ, begins to manifest and people are set free. Amen. We need authority. We need power. But then the question becomes this. How do I get it? How do I get authority and power? Now, the, the, the quick answer is, well, when we're close to the Lord, you know, then we, then we receive authority and power. That, that's part of the equation. I want to submit to you today that what the Lord Jesus taught us in this passage is actually the formula. It is the formula to receive authority and power because later on in the chapter, when the Bible says that he goes to Galilee, the Bible says he came out of the wilderness, full of the Holy Spirit and power. He came out of, the whole, out of the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit of power. Now watch this. He went into the wilderness being filled with the Spirit, but he came out being full of the Holy Spirit and power. He, he received something in the wilderness that he didn't have before he got there. Am I okay there? Are we okay? Are we okay? See, he's full of Spirit. He gets baptized. He goes through the wilderness in 40 days. By the way, it took the children of Israel 40 years. And many of them didn't make it. Many of them died in the wilderness because they did not pass the tests of God. They did not pass the formulas of God. They didn't trust God, and they died in the wilderness. I want to say to you, by the Spirit of God and from the heart of a pastor, I don't want any of you to die in the wilderness. If you spend more time than you are supposed to spend in the wilderness, what happens is that you just continuously go in circles until you die, and then your, your offspring pick up your destiny, and they move on with it and come into the Promised Land. Some people, some people of God, have made it their lifelong, their lifelong career to live and die in the wilderness. I want to submit to you that you are made to go through the wilderness. You're not made to live in the wilderness you're going tell somebody say I'm just passing through now here's the truth because everybody's always in the wilderness the the, the, the truth is that you'll probably only have two to three wilderness experiences in your life every testing every trial is not I'm in the wilderness I'm in the wilderness like how long are you going to be in the wilderness how many want to get on to the promised land huh and Jesus said, I'm not, I'm not spending 40 years here. I'm going to do this in 40 days, and I'm going to do it because I'm going to pass the test that my Father has put before me. Now, I want you to see the journey of the process. I want you to understand. Here's Jesus. His birth. We're told about his birth. We're about to celebrate his birth. How many have begun Christmas celebration already? Come on, somebody. Help me out. Help me out. As soon as Halloween's over, I hate Halloween. Boom, I'm in Christmas. I got I got the stations going. I'm I'm already already in Christ mode. Praise the Lord. I I gotta tell you you a story. I'm about to get turn to somebody says, about to get into trouble. Because quite honestly, I'm getting getting to that age where I just, you know what? I I, I'm like, I don't care. I'm, I'm I'm in the royal bank. I'm in the royal bank. And right there beside me on this little square box, it says Happy Diwali. I said to the lady, I said, are you going to have Merry Christmas on this box when I come in December? Oh, sir. Oh, sir. We we have Merry Christmas all the time. I said, no, you don't. No, no, no. You'll have joy or some stupidity about holidays. I said, I'm going to come back to this bank. I want to see Merry Christmas right there. Some other... Some other fella comes, he he starts going, oh, don't worry, don't worry. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find out. I'm going right back to that bank. I'll let you know. But but anyway, we we celebrate, watch this, we celebrate Christ. We have we have all this information about the birth of the Lord, and then all of a sudden we don't hear about him for about 13, 12 years. When they lose him. Remember, Joseph and Mary, they lose him. Imagine telling God, yeah, we lost him. We don't know where he's with, he was with the relatives. And, and, and everybody thought he was with somebody, right? Which is a good thing to keep, there's a good lesson. Yeah. Keep your eye on your children. All right, anyway, that's, a, that's another story. So they, they find him and they're like, why have you done this to us? And they found him amongst the teachers and, and he was questioning and, and teaching and, and they marveled at his knowledge and his wisdom. And, and then he said this to them, why, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Church, I want you to catch this. All of you are in Father's business. All of us are in Father's business. But then the Bible says he was subject to them. He, he went home. He went home, and now for about... 12, or no, let's do the math. 17, maybe 18 years, until he's 30 at the Jordan. We don't hear from him. He, he goes dark. We have no knowledge of, of what occurred, other than he probably became a carpenter. So he, he followed in Joseph's footsteps. He became a, a carpenter, took care of his mother, uh, took care of his siblings, right? Because he was the oldest in the family. And by the way, those of you that think Mary was still a virgin, I, I suggest you read your Bible, because the Bible clearly tells us that there were brothers and Sisters. Come on now, Jude. Jude, one of the writers. I got to take my jacket off. Now I'm going to get hot. Praise the Lord. Uh, somebody should call the Pope and tell him she's not a virgin. She was a virgin, but she was not a virgin after that. She had children. The Bible is very clear. Jude is one of the brothers of Jesus, and and so let me just fix your theology on that because I love to do that. So so for 17 years he goes dark. We don't hear anything about him. Why is this important? I'm going to get to it. Then all of a sudden at the Jordan at the Jordan, his cousin John baptizes him. You know he says, "Behold the Lamb of God." John says things like, "He must increase," uh, and I must decrease and and we see this transition that that is occurring so here we are we're at the Jordan he gets baptized we hear the voice of the father from there he goes into the wilderness he gets tested he comes out of the wilderness and he goes to Galilee those of you that that came to Israel and and let's pray that we can go again I really wanted to go in 2024 but I don't think so unless we're going to get a hard hat and a lot of chest protection. But anyway, um, he goes to Galilee, which was the headquarters. And then from there, he goes to Nazareth. Nazareth is his hometown. The Bible says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It is a a place of negativity and toxicity and a lot of mindsets. And and he goes to Nazareth. And uh, at first, he's really well received, then he's rejected. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. Why? Why am I giving you this? Because we are all on a journey We're all on a journey, and Jesus gives us a formula. I was sharing this with Pastor Moses. Since Jesus was the only one there, and by the way, when we were in Israel, they said to us, well, this is the mount. This is the mount that's considered uh, to be the place where Jesus was tempted. And I looked at it, and I thought, this is it? (laughs) Like... Not very special. I don't know what we think. I don't know what we think these moments and these places are. But when you see them, when you see them, you're like, oh, okay. Like I, I remember uh, in in uh, in Israel, there is a a place that they take the tourists that people get baptized. I've been there, the Jordan part where they take the tourists, which is a little more glamorous, it looks a little more fancy, and, and the water's clean, but when we were there with Dr. Charles, you'll remember he took us, he said, let me, let me tell you where, where probably Jesus really was baptized, and it's actually near the country of Jordan, really the border is, is right there, for those of you that remember and so here we are, we're in the water, and this water is dirty, it's mucky, we're, we're baptizing people, and then he turns to me, and he says, you know there's snakes in here, and I'm like, what? And so I'm like, Phew. I'm like, Get in this water, people! Baptize you. Get out. I'm like, and I'm like, yeah. This is probably the water, dirty, mucky, unimpressive. Where, 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 where? You know, because we romanticize all these, all these places. But that was the reality of where a Jesus would have been, would have been baptized by John. All right. So, so this is this is the journey, this is the reality of it. And we see here that Jesus is in the wilderness with the devil, which means what? Means that Jesus must have told this story to the disciples. Yes. They, do have, they would have no other knowledge other than Jesus saying, This is what occurred when I got baptized, I went into the wilderness. But the question is, why? why did he feel the need to tell them what occurred because i believe this is incredibly important at the end i'm going to reveal something very powerful to you that's going to change your life let me just say this about the temptations number one they were legitimate number two they were appealing number three they were desired number four they were ruthless i want you to know the devil is ruthless with you i want you to understand that everything that the devil tempted jesus with jesus wanted This is legitimate stuff everything the devil said to him I will give to you he wanted he came for the devil knows what we want the devil knows what appeals to us the devil knows how to tempt you and he's not gonna waste his time with things that are not appealing to you and they're not legitimate to you can I also submit to you that Jesus could have failed you don't tempt someone that can't fail The temptation was for you to fail, for you to do what I'm asking you to do. Why? Because in the devil's mind, if this is really God's champion, if this is really the son of God, and I can trip him up like I tripped up Adam, then we are in a stalemate, and nothing ever gets resolved. And I remain the God of this world. The God of heaven came to dispossess the God of this world. How did he become the God of this world? Adam gave it to him. Now, Adam was never the god of this world. It was given to him on stewardship. And we don't know what the full reality of Adam's call would have been. Because his assignment was what? To make the earth like the garden make the earth like the garden, and they failed because they settled for something less. And so now the God of heaven has to come to buy back the earth and its people and all its systems from the God of this world. But I want you to know something, that the God of this world has been defeated by the God of heaven. Are we good so far? All right, now if we're going to gain authority and power... And we're going to follow the model of Jesus. And this is what I've called today's message. You must pass these tests. You must pass these tests. This is the pathway. This is the journey. Pastor, what are the tests? Number one, I want you to notice that he said, if you are the son of God, and I'm going to get to the if in a moment. If you are the son of God, I know you're hungry. Turn this, turn the, this stone into bread. Turn this stone into bread. What was he really saying to him? I know what you're craving at this moment. I I know what you require. If we're all honest with ourselves, you know we have cravings. Even after we become born again, spirit-filled, we, we heard about this yesterday, we have crazy cravings, we have, we have desires, we, we want things that we shouldn't have. How many? Yeah, come on, let's be honest. And it goes all the way to the garden, all the way to the garden, because God said to Adam, listen, you can eat of any tree, we don't even know how many trees were there, you can eat of any tree except for this tree. And what was the tree that they ate? And by the way, let me help you with your theology, it was not an apple. All right, please. It was not an apple. There weren't three kings. These things are in the word of God. The Bible just said it was a fruit. It was pleasing to the eye. Probably tasted amazing. Isn't it amazing today? We have a whole channel that is focused on nothing but food. The food channel started in the book of Genesis, right? The devil knows how to make things appealing. He knows how to make things taste good for a little while for a little while it'll look good feel good taste good but i'm telling you in the end it's going to be agony so he says turn the bread or turn the stone into bread now now watch this the bread also represents what we call it what do we call bread today what's another word money right money what really what he's saying is this is substance this is resources it's it's about what what money can buy and what money can buy gives people what I'm going to talk about that in a moment, but here's what he's really saying. Why don't you become your own provider? Why don't you become your own source? Never mind your father, but what did Jesus say? Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, but in the our father we are taught give us this day our daily Bread. bread our trust is in God that God will provide Bread that God will provide health and strength and resources and my friends that the bread test is this that ultimately mammon will not become your God many people have left God chasing after bread chasing after resource chasing after money and chasing after the things that money can buy they have left God behind in order to chase these things the first test you must pass is the bread test the mammon test we we'll gonna do whatever it takes. Some of us, some of us won't be in the house of God because we, we need to work more, because we need to earn more. We don't even understand that even God rested on the seventh day. And, and why are you working so hard anyway? You know that the tax man is coming to take it away from you. This lie that we've been fed that it, the harder you work, then you're, you're going to get ahead is simply not true. The harder you work, the, the more they take. How many understand what we're talking about? so the devil is saying, you, you're going to turn this stone into bread because I know you're hungry. I know your cravings. And Jesus said, I don't live by that kind of bread. I don't live by that kind of substance. I live by the word. I live by the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Do you remember when Jesus was at the well with the woman and, and the disciples had gone to, to the village to get food? And then and, and when they came back, you know, he, all of a sudden he said, I don't want the food. I'm not hungry. And they said, did somebody else feed you? Did somebody else feed him? And he said, "You." have Food, I have food that you know not of. I have food, I have I have sustenance that you don't know of. I, I have heavenly food that comes from the word of God that fills me, that satisfies me. Sometimes people, let me let me help you, church. Sometimes people say to me, Pastor, I, I don't have any hunger for the word of God, I don't have any thirst for the word of God. Let me help you, let me help you. In the natural, when you are hungry, what do you do? You eat. And when you eat, your hunger goes away. Right. But if I'm not hungry in the spirit, I don't want to read the word of God. I, I have no hunger. Or I have no, no desire. Do you know what you do? It's the reverse. You force feed yourself. You force, I don't want to. You force feed yourself. Watch this. When you force feed yourself, you actually begin to create hunger. Hunger and thirst is created in you. You have these aha moments and you're like, I need more of the word of God. I need, it's a reverse. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay, that was a freebie. Number two, I want you to notice. Number two. Number two is authority. I will give you all this authority. I will give you All this authority. What is this? This is the power test. This is about might and force and greatness. This is about worldwide power. This is about leadership. I will give you influence, Jesus. People will flock to you. They'll be attracted to you. The universe will will revolve around you and all this manifestation trash that they talk about. It's all going to be about you. You are going to be amazing. You're going to be powerful. They're going to know you in every nation. I will give it to you my friends listen you must pass the power test you must pass the temptation to become powerful in your own ability in your own way by your own systems I get it the flesh wants it in, in the bread test the devil is telling Jesus come on do some magic trick and prove who you are in the power test listen our flesh loves to be powerful But you know what Paul said? Paul said, when I am weak, he is strong. Do you see how the kingdom of God is a reverse kingdom? It is is actually, they say it's upside down. It's actually right side up. The reality is that the way we think and the way we operate is the wrong way. And so Jesus comes and said, you got it all wrong. You don't understand that the the way up is actually the way down. In other words, the way to be great is to be humble. The way to be great is to serve. What the devil was really saying to Jesus is, I just need you to take some shortcuts. If you'll just worship me, if you'll just do it my way, you're going to get there a lot faster. Who wants to go through suffering? Who wants to go through the cross? That's ridiculous. You don't want to go that way. You want to go the easy way. My friends, if you're going to receive from God, there is never an easy way. There is never a shortcut. Let the process work in you. Let the process work in you. Let the dealings of God work with you. God knows what he's doing. Many times we look at other people's lives and you're like, well, that person, and how come they don't go through this? And why am I always under attack? And why is this happening? My friends, listen. Greater level, greater, greater devil. You understand? Stop comparing yourself to other people and 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 look to God to say lord i trust you that you know my way that you know my path that you know what it is that i need to go through in order to achieve what you have for me you must pass the power test number 3 number 3 notice he says he says i give you this authority now watch this and their glory You know, we look at the nations and we go, oh, you know, this country's messed up and that country's in debt and that empire was no good. Watch what the devil said. I will give you these empires and their glory, which means, church, the nations have a glory and God wants them. God wants them. That's why the Bible says the earth is the Lord's. The Empires are the Lords. every mountain of influence belongs to the Lord. Can I say this to you? The God came through Jesus not only to redeem people and to save people, but he came to redeem all kinds of, of mountains of influences. He came to redeem education He came to redeem law, He came to redeem government, He came to redeem sports He came to redeem uh, you know entertainment and music and movies he doesn 't want to destroy them he wants to redeem them that's why the devil wants to corrupt them he said I have come watch what Jesus said I have come to save that which was lost that we just think that, oh, God's, on it. yes, he is. It's not just people. This is the problem, church. People preach only the gospel of salvation. Here's what they preach. Get saved, come to know Jesus, and let's go to heaven and wait for the rapture bus to, to come down, and let's get out of here. No, 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 no. You know what the Bible teaches? You know what Jesus said? Occupy till I come. He said, occupy till I come. Your area of influence. Occupy. Occupy through the principles of Christ. Occupy because God is doing something with you. Occupy because you have authority and power. Glory has to do with honor and prestige. It has to do with renown and acclamation. You say, well, pastor, pastor, I'm not into any of those things. Let me prove that you are. How many of you, if you're honest right now, you're going to post something on Facebook and Instagram. And in about 10, 15 minutes, you want to go see how many people like you. How many people give you those little hearts? Ooh, they love me. Ooh, this is great. What is that? that that's renown. That's glory. That, that's why we're, we're filled with, with all these selfies. Come on now. Do you know that before selfies was a thing? They, they, psychologists considered it a mental disorder. Go do the research. That people that would take their own pictures, let me prove it to you. If you ever take a group picture, if you look good in that picture, that's a good picture. Huh? Same picture. If you have 50 people that look good and you look bad, you're like that picture's no good. <laughs> Retake it. Retake it. And then they teach you. They they teach you how to. They teach you how to take pictures that make you look better. Huh? I, I've seen pictures. They like, take you. You got an angle and and I. Huh? I'm looking at some pictures. I'm like they're fatter than that. How do they do that? How'd they lose 50 pounds on that? Why? Because, you know, how about when people say this, make sure you get my good side. What side is that? You have a good, which means you're admitting you have a bad side. Huh? Come on now. Uh, Do you know which side of you is good? I don't know. I I wouldn't know where to look. You know what I'm saying? But, 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 But listen, flesh loves this. Flesh loves renown. Flesh, f- flesh loves to be recognized. It loves glory. It, it loves attention. And, and here's what the Lord is saying. You must pass the glory test. Why? Because glory belongs to God. Glory belongs to God. We have crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Go ahead, bro. We have crazy stuff happening in churches. You know, we, got, we, we, we say it's about Jesus, but Pastor Moses shows me these videos where where, where the pastor comes in on, on some kind of thing from the ceiling and he lands. And, <laughs> like a WWF star. And, Boom, smoke and lights are going up and pastors preaching with, with, with gold microphones and they got sneakers on that are, that are $5,000 and all the rest of it. And, and, and we, we call that spirituality. Now, I'm not saying we, we shouldn't look nice. That's not what I'm talking about. But, but my friends, is the glory about you or is the glory about Jesus? Huh? You have to wear all the bling to show that what? That God has blessed you The reality is this. Can I help you? Most of those people are in debt. You look like you have money, but you're poor. Test number four. Maybe the biggest one of all because we we live in this today. By the way, here's what Jesus said there. I love this. He says, get behind me. And What does that mean? Get out of my sight. Get out of my way. Stop being a distraction to me. My friends, listen. You don't want the devil in front of you. You want him somewhere behind you because you're headed forward. He says, if you are, if you are the son of God, personality, individuality, if you belong to your father, if, if you say you are who you are, the identity test, the majority of people today, it is a diabolical pandemic of identity where people no longer know who they are trying to find themselves, and and now the biggest thing is that, that they find themselves by, by their feelings, that your feelings tell you who you are. My friends, your feelings will lie to you. Here's who you are. You are made in the image of God. The first power that he gave us was the power to be the sons of God. He said, I give you power to become. Church, listen to me, listen to me. You are a human being before you're a human doing. Before Jesus did anything, Father spoke and said, this is my well-beloved son. Why? Why, Father, he hasn't done anything. No one's been healed. Nobody's been healed. No fish have been multiplied. He hasn't walked on water. No leprosy's been cleansed. No one's risen from the dead. Why, why, why? He hasn't done, he hasn't performed. Why do, you, why do you love him? Why would you say that you love him? He hasn't, he hasn't done anything worthy of love. You see, this is the problem. God doesn't love us because we're worthy. God loves us because he is love. No matter what you and I do for God, we're never going to be loved. That, that, that'll relieve some of you. That you, don't have to, you don't have to get daddy's love. Daddy already loves you. You can't make daddy love you. Daddy already loves you. When I say this, you don't, you don't have to prove anything. You don't have to prove who you are. And church, you don't have to prove it in the right seasons. Why, why did I say that, that Jesus went dark? Notice, it's not only him. Moses, 40 years. Joseph of the Old Testament, 17 years. King David, probably another, another uh, 13 to 12 years before he became king. Paul the Apostle that had the Damascus Road experience. I know some of you believe that the next day he was in ministry. The Bible tells us for 13 years he was in Arabia. 13, imagine. He could have he got up and said, Oh, Ananias, I can see, awesome, I'm, I'm going to start ministry. You know, I, I met Jesus and, and I had a personal encounter. And no, 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 13 years later, he went dark for, for 13 years. See, so here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Our thinking is, that we train three years, right? We train three years for for 30 years of a ministry. But notice what Jesus did. Jesus trained 30 years for three years of ministry. The majority of his life, we don't even know about it. Nothing. The son of God, we know, what did he do? You know what he did? He built furniture. He was a construction worker. He took care of his family. For 17 years until his time came. Do not despise the days of obscurity. Do not despise the days of being in the darkness. Of well pastor nobody knows who I am. And nobody knows my calling. And nobody knows what I'm all about. God knows. God knows. And even you might be a King David. Who's not even invited to his own anointing. Until the prophet says, are there no more sons? There must be somebody, oh, you know, he, the kid, the kid, he's in the the bush, Uh, you know, oh, we'll wait. Bring him. We'll We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait until the king is revealed. Until the king is revealed. You know, yesterday, Bishop shared with me in the office. I didn't even know this. You know, he's from Ghana. We began to talk about his life a little bit. He said to me, Pastor, he says, you know, he says, today I should be the king of Accra. I was talking to Brother Robert, one of our elders. And Accra is a city in Ghana that rules over the Gans, the people, the tribe there. And and he said, I I, I would be the king. As a matter of fact, he says, my cousin is the king. He goes, I would be the king, but for the gospel. Church, how many, how many stars that we see today? How many musicians and, and vocalists that they, they started in the church? They started in the choir. They, they cut their teeth in, in services like this. But because of bread, because of glory, because of notoriety, they, they turn their back. They turn their back on their call, on their anointing. But worse, church worse. They, they, they now, I watch some of them, symbols and, 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 and they, have, they have not only turned their back, they've literally sold their soul. And not only have they sold their soul, but they are taking others to hell with them because of their fame and their notoriety. I'm thinking you started, you started in the house of God. How did you end up here? Do you know why? They failed in the wilderness. Somewhere they sold out in the wilderness. Somewhere they didn't pass the test in the wilderness. Now they may have a lot of stuff, but how many know it's not who dies with the most stuff that wins? Let me close with this. I need a chair. I need a chair, please. I I want you to see this church because it doesn't even end at authority and power. Pastor Moses was sharing with me out of the survey and we're going to share information that a lot of people struggle with their vocation. A lot of people struggle with impact. And by the way, the older you get, you come to a place where you don't necessarily look behind you. As much as you look at the days that are in front of you to say, have I made a difference? Have I made an impact? We, we call that legacy. Have I, have I accomplished? Have I, have I done on the earth what I was called to do? Because my, my desire is this for you. My desire is that you do what God has called you to do, what satisfies your soul, and at the end of the day, you get paid a lot to do it. That's awesome. That's fulfillment. That's being blessed. There's no use making a lot of money and being miserable all day long. Hello? What what is the use of making hundreds of thousands of dollars and then you gotta go to the doctor and say, hey, check my heart because my heart's not right and I'm not sleeping and I'm not doing well, but boy, I make a lot of money. that's That's not it. That's why the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. See, I want for you to be blessed without sorrow. But watch this. In the, in the same chapter. Follow me. I'm almost done. Follow me. Jordan. Wilderness. Power. He comes out of the wilderness. He goes to Galilee. Now he goes to Nazareth. He goes to church. They give him the scroll. That particular day was the reading of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He reads it. He hands it back. Luke 4.20. Then he closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant. And notice, and he sat down. The Bible tells us that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He sat down. And all the eyes were fixed on him. Some believe, Pastor Anjeev, that he actually sat in Messiah's chair. In the synagogues in those days, there would have been a chair empty for Messiah. He would have just read Isaiah. Then he says, today, this has been fulfilled in your ears. In other words, I am he. I am he. For those... For, for, those, for those clowns online that tell you that Jesus never said he was God he says it has been fulfilled and, and then the Bible says he sat down where'd he sit catch this if you catch this it'll change your life he sat in the seat of authority who had the seat who had the seat before Jesus anybody know come on who had the seat? John the Baptist had the seat. This is why John couldn't be part of the team. Because even though he appears in the New Testament, John is the last of the Old Testament prophets. He must increase, I must decrease. John had the seat. I prepared the way. Jesus comes and he sits on the seat. Now, what did I read at the beginning? You gotta catch this, gotta catch this. For we are seated. But watch this. The seat that you're seated in heaven in Christ at the hand of the Father, God wants to manifest for you on the earth. For me, and by the way, I'm not suggesting you have to be in ministry, but for me, when I came from the secular very successful career into ministry for me I came into my seat I am sitting in my seat my staff will tell you whatever room I'm in there are seats that I sit in not out of arrogance I know my seat it's very funny they're very peculiar because you know we have office issues here and, and, and I say to them Hey, when I'm not here, use my office. And they're like, yeah, we don't want to sit in your seat. I'm going to help some of you right now. When I transitioned from the secular to the church, the church is not what you see today. Maybe 100 people hurting, broken. Couldn't pay. Listen, the church couldn't pay its bills. You know, you know the, the, the accountant came to me and said, Pastor, do you want to pay the water bill today, uh, this month or do you want to pay the hydro or the gas? And I'm like, what? She said, well, we just don't have the money to pay all the bills. And I said to her, you're telling me the house of God doesn't have money to pay the bills? I said, pay the bills. She goes, Pastor, there's no money. I said, pay them, the money will be there. And I said to the Father, If you can't pay your own bills, what are we doing here? All the bills got paid. All the bills got paid. Here's how I want to help you. And I'm going to close. Worship team, get ready. A man, after a service, a man comes up to me. He wasn't being malicious. Watch how the devil is nasty. Right at the stairs over there, I'm going into my office. He he said to me, "Hey, pastor, hey, pastor." He goes, "I just want to ask you a question." He goes, "You know, he goes, you know, you were one of the youngest national vice presidents, and and uh, and all, you know, your career and everything we know about you." Listen to what he said. He said, "What's it like to be just a pastor?" It's like the devil struck me with an arrow. The word "just." What's it like to be just a pastor? And for a moment, I'll be honest, it struck me. I thought to myself, what have I done? What have I done to myself? What have I done to my family? Then I realized, I'll tell you what I've done. I have fulfilled the call of my life. (laughs) I'm not just a pastor. I am the pastor that God called I didn't want to be a pastor I told God do not make me a pastor but because God called me that's where you have joy and fulfillment I don't want this chair to be moved Kimberly because we're gonna stand and we're gonna worship God and I want you to look at this chair Because there is a seat for you. That God wants you. That God wants you to come into. Not for your glory. Not for your power. Not for your own anointing. But because God has a seat for you. To sit in. So you won't die in the wilderness. But you'll come into the promised land. That you won't stop just at authority and power because you have a revelation. I'm already seated.